0: If you have a story that you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please consider sending it my way. Just go to astheravendreams.com and click the button to submit your story. And of course, thank you. I truly believe that I died the night that I overdosed, in February 2021. I still can't stop thinking about that night. It isn't a constant thought, but it is consistent enough to make me notice it. I'd failed overdosing before, and I wanted to make sure that I had it right. I researched the drug that I chose and the levels that it was lethal at, I picked one that I knew had a 100% chance of death over a certain amount. To be extra sure, I combined it with other lethal substances, as well at their lethal doses. It was a rough time in my life, and I'd gone through so much. Anyways, I'm in an okay place now, but back to the story though. I was hysterical, saying goodbye to my dogs. I wrote a letter emailed it to myself knowing someone would find it, and I went to bed next to my husband expecting not to wake up. But that's when things got really weird. I couldn't fall asleep, and about an hour or two in, I started to panic. My husband was sound asleep next to me, and I don't know why, but I got out of bed... And I knelt on the floor in the yoga child's pose. And I felt like I was continuously falling through my floor back into my body from above me. This happened multiple times. Maybe five to seven floors. It didn't hurt. It just felt like I was literally falling. Like it was my spirit or soul leaving and coming back. You know that stomach drop feeling when you're suspended in the air on a roller coaster? It was like that, over and over again. I was googling how long until my heart stopped, and I found out that after a certain amount of time, if I didn't go into cardiac arrest, I would survive. I was actually relieved, as I was starting to doubt actually wanting to die because of how absolutely terrifying it was. I don't remember getting back into bed, but I woke up the next morning. Horrified at the experience, I deleted the emailed notes, and I didn't tell anyone what had happened. The next part is super weird. Honestly, even more weird than dying. The next day I went to grab my vibrator from under my bed, where I always kept it, The only people who knew it was there was me and my husband. It wasn't there. It was my favorite, and I'd had it for a couple of years, never changing where I kept it. It was right next to me on the floor where I was laying the night before when I fell through the floor, or universes. My gun key kept in the spot under the mattress was also gone, literally directly above where the vibrator was kept and where I lay to sleep. I also didn't change the spot where I kept that, and no one knew but me where it was. It was between the sheets and a mattress protector, so I know that it didn't fall out. I tore my entire house apart for almost a week looking for them. I took apart my bed, shook out and turned inside out every pillow, case, Sheets. Everything. At that point, it was less about the vibrator and more about where the hell it went. I moved everything. Every piece of furniture took things apart. Hell, I even checked the freezer in my car. It got to an obsession where I could not understand how this had happened. I have kids, and don't come at me for invading privacy here, but... I checked everyone's bedroom when they weren't home. Nothing. Nowhere to be found. Fast forward a month later, and I'm washing my bedding for the third time since. I always take everything apart each time. I checked each time for the gun key, and it was never there. Then, one day, I'm making my bed, and the key is right there under the mattress where I normally kept it. I must have searched the bed 20-30 to times and it wasn't there. Immediately, I check under the bed for the vibrator and it isn't there. Now I'm even more confused, but I chalk it up to someone took it. Which seems so weird to me, but falling into another dimension is less reasonable. So, we even joked about it falling through the floor into another dimension... Then it got spooky. I decided to go to Adam and Eve where I got the toy and just order a new one, and it doesn't exist. I used to do online cams, and I have videos of me using it that are gone. The one that I remember having is different in the video. I even tried Googling similar products. It plain is gone from existence. It was really unique and it had a part that vibrated and moved. It was hot pink and had multiple settings, but there were certain things that I personally loved about it. I can't find anything even similar to it. Now, this may or may not be related, but I've had a song stuck in my head since. The lyrics are from a country song that says, Oh no, here it goes, my hand starts to shake, my heart's gonna blow but I can't find the song anywhere. I'm a music buff, and I know thousands of songs and lyrics. I thought maybe I'd had the melody or lyrics wrong, but it's too vivid of a song to forget. I listened to every song I could think of, and I've never found it. Finally, my husband and I were talking the other day, and I told a story about how this person in the car wash cut us off, and how we were a little irritated. I played the song Move Bitch, and we all laughed. It was honestly hilarious. The other people thought it was funny too. But my husband doesn't remember this at all. Did I die that night and wake up in another universe? Is quantum immortality real? I feel like I'm insane, but at the same time, I've never experienced something so vivid, as feeling like I'm not from this timeline. It's just little things that I've noticed. Could this also explain Mandela effects? Maybe we died and went to another universe where things are slightly different. Do we all go to the same universe each time? Were the floors I fell through all the times I died prior in other universes? I'd attempted to take my life before and couldn't figure out how I survived. This time, in particular, there's no scientific reason why I'm alive. Nothing logical makes sense of why I'm here. The only thing that makes sense to me is I did die, and now I'm alive here in another timeline-slash-universe. Thoughts? Edit. I actually found a sand dollar that I had been missing for six years a couple of days ago. This goes along with this story— I'm telling you, something in my timeline is not right. Songs that reappeared. Items missing and either reappearing or disappearing completely in inexplainable ways. Memories of events that didn't happen. I may have to make multiple posts to document all this because it's starting to get really weird. The more I think about it or talk about it, the more that I see the differences. I'm a 55 year old man, and my daughter suggested that I submit one of my glitches to this podcast as she is an avid listener. I've had many glitches happen throughout my life, but the one that I always tell and that leaves me feeling crazy is one like the movie Premonition. This happened when my eldest daughter, let's call her Diane, was in college. She was a first generation student and had a full rights scholarship, so our family was very proud. While in college, she met her first boyfriend, she never dated in high school, Isaac. Isaac was a junior engineering major when we met him, and even met his parents during his and Diane's one year anniversary celebration. He lived in the town where they went to college, and my family and I were two hours away, and to know that Diane had somewhere close to go in case of trouble was comforting. The glitch happened during St. Patrick's Day of Diane's sophomore year. So, although Diane had a full scholarship, she worked a part-time job at a retail store for extra cash, and that day she was working until close and had asked if I could send her some money before work, as she was between paychecks. Her mother sent it, and Diane texted me that she received the money and thanked me. She said she would text tomorrow, as she said she had to pick up Isaac to be a DD for him, and she would spend the night there. Diane wasn't a partier, so I never worried about her drinking and driving, or getting into predicaments. About 4 or 5 a.m., I got a call from the police department in Diane's town asking for her parents. I told them that it was us, and he informed us that Diane had been in an accident and was at the hospital in the town over from her college. He said he didn't have any information and that we needed to go there as the ER team was busy with life saving measures. Within minutes, my wife and I packed up our other three daughters and flew the two and a half hours to the town they said Diane was at. We got a hold of the hospital, and they said they couldn't release information over the phone, but told us how to get there and which side of the hospital to go to. When we got there in a rush, we were told to go up to a top floor, and that Diane was there as she and Isaac were taken into the trauma unit. When those elevator doors opened... I had this feeling in my gut that I needed to prepare for heartbreak. My wife and I ran to the desk and asked about Diane. A nurse pointed to a waiting room and said that a doctor would be in. The doctor didn't take long, and gave the worst news that you can get as a parent. Diane didn't make it. They said that she had put up a good fight, but a head injury caused a life-ending seizure when they were intubating her. The doctor gave us his condolences and said that we could see her before the morgue took her and that a social worker would be up to talk to us about moving Diane's body back to the hometown. Seeing my daughter like that is forever seared in my brain. All the tubes and wires and blood everywhere. She looked like her, but not. Isaac's parents stopped over and hugged us as they said Isaac didn't make it either, but... He was killed on impact. Apparently a car full of college aged girls were driving drunk and turned left at a red light without stopping and went full speed head on with Diane and Isaac. Isaac's parents said the other party's families were there as well, and that of the five girls in the vehicle four were killed on impact, and the other one was in critical condition. The next day was a blur, and my family was sleep deprived. We didn't want to leave Diane, but we had to make arrangements. Although I was emotional and sleep-deprived, I knew that my daughter had died. We never received a call saying she came back. We left the town about 12 that afternoon after talking to a social worker and the police. When we got back, everyone was crying throughout the day, and we made calls to the relatives and our spiritual leaders. We're Native American, and we hold three-day wakes followed by a funeral, and usually it's open casket. After making calls, we realized that we would have to collect Diane's things from her dorm room, which we overlooked in our grief coming home. We called Campus Housing and explained what happened, and asked her information as we didn't remember her dorm info. The lady was very sympathetic, and gave us the information and said that they would leave a note for when we go there. Now, I had laid down after that call, but I don't remember sleeping or waking up, really. I just remember sitting up, and the atmosphere felt different. I looked at the time, and it was the afternoon. I checked the rooms at the house, and none of my other daughters nor my wife were there. I called my wife and I asked her where she was, and she said work. I asked why she went to work, and she said because she does every weekday, or was she missing something? There was no grief or sadness, nothing in her voice. I asked her if she remembered last night, and she said what happened. And then she said, oh, and I sent Diane the money she asked for, just to make sure that she got it, I have to go. Hearing that confused me, but raised my hopes. Diane? Today? I checked my phone, and right when I did, I got a text from Diane saying she got her money, and that she was going to DD Isaac tonight. I called the number half thinking it would just ring, but my other half hoping that she would answer. She answered. To hear her voice made me cry like a baby. Dad? Dad, what's wrong? She asked in a panicked voice. I collected myself and said, "'Baby, I had a horrible dream about you dying, and I'm being serious. This is weird. I don't know if it was a dream or what happened, but you're alive, and I want you to stay alive.'" Diane was confused, and I told her that I was on my way over there, and I would take her and Isaac to dinner. I begged her to call into work, and that we would have a great time. Just to appease me, she agreed. I let my wife know that I was going to see Diane ASAP, and that I would tell her when she got off work. When I got to campus, I decided to check something and went to the housing desk and asked for Diane's information. They said they would give the room a call. I looked over at their desk and saw no note about picking up anything from Diane's dorm. I heard them talk on the phone, and they gave me Diane's info. Let me tell you, when she opened the door, I hugged her so tight, and I did not want to let go. She looked like herself and everything. I still felt sleep-deprived from that glitch call, but I was happy. The rest of the evening went well, and I went home and explained everything to my wife. We saged ourselves down and prayed for our family's safety. Diane is now 31 with two kids of her own, and every day I'm still afraid that I'm going to glitch again and go into a reality where Diana's gone and my grandkids don't exist. Okay, this is an odd glitch, and the post is long, but... I've been confused about this for years. My friend and I were walking to IHOP one night, around 10-11pm. to The walk was about an hour long. At one point, we were walking along the sidewalk of a main road. Three of my friends were ahead of me, two were behind me, and I was alone. I was appreciating the walk and low-key eavesdropping into what everyone was talking about, when I saw something in the field next to us. Whatever it was, was a fair distance away from us, 15, 20 yards. It looked like something had been thrown, or an animal had jumped, but it was mid-air when I saw it, so I didn't know where it had come from, and it moved parallel to us, in a straight line, which was weird to me, At first, I thought it was an animal and kept looking to see if it would jump again, but nothing moved. I stopped at this point, curious for literally no reason. I asked my friends behind me if they had thrown something, figured they could have been eating a snack or something, and thrown it into the field. They were confused at the question, though, and said no. So, I was confused. I asked my friends to shine their flashlights into the field and behind us, and that I thought I had seen something. We didn't see anything anywhere. My friends were telling me that nobody could have been near us and that we were okay. There was nobody out at this point, not even cars. And if someone had been in the field, I or we would have seen or heard them when I first saw the movement. So... I let it go, and continued on. I was still uneasy when we started walking away, though. My best friends, who we'll call L and P, asked me what had happened. I told them, A, I have no idea what actually happened, because nobody there could have thrown anything, but B, it looked like something was thrown in the field. I was trying to describe what it looked and moved like, And my first instinct was... A half-eaten apple core. And I told them that. I don't know when I came to that conclusion, or how I came to that conclusion, but I think it's the part that weirds me out the most about all of this. Everyone remembers me saying it, so... It wasn't just me thinking wrong, but I don't understand how I could have... Guessed it? Seen it? I don't know. Anyways... When we were walking back home, I ran ahead to see if I could find anything in the field. Elle came with me. We searched the whole area, but didn't find anything. After three minutes or so, I told Elle that we should just go back, that it was late and I didn't want to hold everyone up. And We walked back slowly, still keeping an eye on the ground. We were talking, she was looking around a couple of yards behind me, and then I saw it. A half-eaten apple core. A literal, actual, half-eaten apple core in the middle of the field. It was new, too. It was a bit brown, but it wasn't mushy or rotten or anything of the sort. I called Elle over, then she called everyone else over. It was so freaking weird. We talked about it the whole night, and Elle and I took a photo. I wish I still had it and this next part could definitely be coincidental, but it still feels interesting. A minute later, we were waiting for the crosswalk to turn. For context, we were about to get off the main road, which is the only police-patrolled, well-lit area of the walk. The other 45 minutes or so were mainly isolated neighborhoods and construction sites. But before the crosswalk turned... A cop car passed us and turned its lights on, and then pulled up next to us. And holy crap, that was not a good feeling, because it was absolutely past curfew at this point, and admittedly not everyone's parents knew we were out so late. Long story not so short, the cops took our information and escorted us home. All was well but when everyone started joking about how they were glad we didn't have to walk the rest of the way, I realized something. If I didn't stop and look for the apple, we would have crossed the street five minutes before the police car even passed. They wouldn't have seen us. We wouldn't have gotten pulled over, and we would have walked the whole way home. It's such an odd thing, but I do wonder sometimes if something could have happened on the walk home. If the apple, as random and absurd as it was, could have anything to do with making sure we got driven home instead. It's a stretch, but still interesting, and it's the only logical explanation I have for where the actual hell that half-eaten apple core came from. I have reached a conclusion time and time again for years. The conclusion? Well, my family likes to eat salads. It's such as chef's salads. A salad with lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, and croutons. My aunt came up with a dressing, and its dressing has olive oil, pomegranate, balsamic, honey, mustard, salt, pepper, sweet paprika, garlic, and onion dust. But... And We also love potato salad, especially my dad, where the problem lies. For years, my mom made the potato salad's dressing with mayonnaise, ketchup, a bit of mustard, and a few drops of lemon juice and pomegranate balsamic. In the salad, beside the potatoes, we added gouda cheese, boiled eggs, and cold cuts, and that's it. That was how my mom always made it... And then one day back in 2016, my mom realized we had a few years to make a potato salad and decided to surprise us by making some along with the sausages a family friend had brought to the previous night's get-together that my parents had with beers and various snacks. So, mom surprised us with the potato salad. But it was not how she used to make it. I commented on how the taste was odd, and that she had added tomatoes, green and red peppers, and raw onions, and that she didn't add gouda cheese or cold cuts. Then, both my dad and sister looked at me confused, and said that the potato salad was the same as always. I was then baffled and asked my mom how she made the salad, but she just smiled and said that a cook never reveals their secrets. On the past Monday... May 23rd, 2022 I had to help my dad to cook lunch aka potato salad which we had a long time to eat again and since my mom had hit her knee and she was in pain and was busy sewing some old clothes I helped dad with cutting the onion the gouda cheese and preparing the eggs while dad cut the tomatoes and peppers and potatoes when we were done with all of that Dad asked Mom to give us instructions on how to make the salad dressing. Mom went on to tell us, and I was baffled. The salad dressing according to my mom was mustard, pomegranate balsamic, salt and pepper, a spice mix, and olive oil. I was so confused because she didn't even add ketchup as she usually did, or at least that's what my taste buds tasted. Mom usually added more mustard and ketchup to the potato salad when we couldn't afford mayonnaise, but she never added onions and peppers or held the gouda cheese and cold cuts. Confused, I asked Mom why she changed the recipe, and both of my parents looked at me angrily, too angry for just a recipe, and started to yell at me for making a big deal about the salad. I hadn't made a big deal. I just found it weird that I had to cut raw onions and peppers and tomatoes, and that dad hadn't bought a mayonnaise for the salad, but I never voiced it. I just furrowed my eyebrows but kept following dad's orders, thinking that my parents might have decided to shake things up and attempt something new. I grew hurt when my parents accused me of making a big deal about it, when in fact I hadn't, and I defended myself by saying that I hadn't said anything and that I was okay with trying some new recipe. Then, Dad grew even more annoyed and yelled at me, asking what I was talking about with a new recipe. I went on to tell them about how we usually ate the potato salad, and they looked at me as if I had told them that I had signed myself up to join the European Space Agency while I failed physics and chemistry. Mom said we never ate potato salad with mayonnaise or ketchup, but I persisted that we did, and the only time we didn't was back in 2016 after that get-together. Dad sighed angrily and told me with an angry tone to stop being obsessed with mayonnaise, and if I didn't like the salad, I could cook something for myself, but we had never eaten a mayonnaise including potato salad. I gave up and ate the salad, which wasn't bad, but... It wasn't something I would like to eat again. Or at least I wouldn't add the tomatoes to it and would add ketchup. I've many times butted head with my parents about the way they are making the salad dressings and salads that we usually eat. And every time they say that I'm wrong, and that we have never eaten the salad that way that I remember. Most times, I just give it up and chalk it up to me remembering wrong, but... Now I'm 10,000% sure that we have never eaten the potato salad like that again. Am I remembering a different timeline's potato salad or salad dressing? So, a few years ago, I spent a month studying French in Montreal, Canada. I stayed at a student residence. I had my own room, but the rest was shared. And for some reason, the agency that booked my stay forgot to book the last night there. I couldn't pay for one more night, as my room would already be taken by another student, as well as the other rooms. So, I would have to spend my last night in Montreal somewhere. As I didn't want to pay too much... I was 19, was just starting my career and wanted to keep a bit of money that my father had given me for that French course, I decided to spend the last night at a hostel in the city center. So, I booked a room in that hostel through the internet, got there, got settled, walked around the city for one last time that night, had dinner, and slept. I paid everything with credit card, and it was in my wallet, I put my wallet away in my backpack and locked it in the locker. The next morning, when I woke up, I noticed that my wallet, which I knew that I had put inside my backpack, was no longer there. I had put it away in that obvious front compartment of any backpack. I took everything out of my backpack. Everything. I turned it over and opened all the compartments. I checked inside a few clothes that were inside it, as the wallet could have gotten inside of them, but nothing. Nada. I even shook it. It wasn't anywhere in there. I also searched for it in my suitcase, but I knew that I hadn't put it away in there. I knew it was in the backpack. I hardly thought that someone could have stolen it, as both my backpack and my suitcase were kept inside the locker all the time, locked with a padlock, as I said. Still, I went to reception, and they recommended me to go to the police station to file a theft report. That wasn't an option, as my flight would leave in a few hours, and it was an international flight. Luckily, my ID, passport, was with me, but I needed money. My credit card and all the cash that I had were in my wallet, to at least go to the airport and eat. I just wanted to go home. I asked a college from the French course for help, and she gave me the money that I needed to go to the airport and eat, and then I'd give it back to her as soon as I got home. I even checked my backpack again, in all of the compartments, and took everything out one more time just in case. My wallet was not in there. Okay, so let's get to the end here. I came back home, I'm from Brazil, and the flight was smooth and uneventful. I arrived in my city the next day after two layovers in the afternoon, and went to sleep as soon as I arrived. The flight was overnight, and I don't sleep well in economy class, and I didn't touch my suitcase or backpack. I just left them beside my bed in my room. At night, when I went to unpack my bag and backpack, my wallet was in the most obvious place in my backpack, that smaller compartment on the front of it where I always put it, and where I had looked the previous day repeatedly. I froze right there, and I had goosebumps. I knew that I had searched everywhere, and it was in the compartment that I knew it should be. I swear I had taken everything out. I had checked all the compartments and pockets. I remember I spent like 30 minutes just searching for it in my backpack, with all the stuff out. At that time, I thought it was a kind of supernatural for real, but then I ignored it and just forgot about it. It was good that I kept that little money that I wanted, and I even paid my friend with it. But recently I came across this sub on Reddit and thought that it might have been a glitch in the Matrix. I want to stress that I did not and do not use drugs, or any medication, that may alter my state of consciousness nor do I have any mental health issues. I know I had checked for my wallet in the compartment that it was in. Again, it wasn't a case of inattention. I swear, I had looked for my wallet in every single part of my backpack. What do you guys think? So... I have always heard of Glitch in the Matrix stories, and I can't say I believed them to be true until my experience last night. I work in an office building, and the best way I could describe it is that it looks just like you would see in the movies. Once you walk in, the front door directly to the left is a row of cubicles where customer service takes calls, which is where I work. In the center of the floor, after walking in the front doors, there is a small showroom, and to the right there are more rows of cubicles for the technicians, and against the right side wall are the restrooms. So, here we go. I work evenings, as we provide 24-hour service, and this happened late last night. At this time, there were only two, sometimes three other people working on my side, and on the technician's side, there was one person. Around 11pm, I had to go to the restroom, but I couldn't go until the other person on my side got back from break, or there would be no one to answer calls. On one of my monitors, I'm able to see who's clocked in, available, and on break. I was unavailable, the technician was also unavailable, and my co-worker was on break. Now, before this gets crazy, keep in mind it's nighttime, and there is very minimal movement throughout the office. And after two minutes of no movement, the lights turn off. Finally, she got back and sat down, and right when I saw available next to her name, I put myself on break at 11.15 on the dot, and tried standing up really slowly as my chair happens to be ridiculously squeaky. Standing up slow didn't help. It was the loudest chair squeak I have ever heard, as a matter of fact. But I put myself on break and the timer automatically started so my boss can see exactly how long I'm gone for. But right when I clicked it, and the timer started, I felt weird. Not sick, Not light-headed, just weird. I got up to head to the restroom, and as I was walking, I began to feel light. And with each step, I felt more and more light. Like, if I were to jump, I would just float. As I passed the showroom, the center floor lights didn't turn on, and I walked the same route that I always do. I thought it was weird, but proceeded. I got to the right side of the building, and again, the lights did not turn on. I asked the tech who was in that night if the lights had been acting up all night, and he didn't answer. I peeped around his cubicle, and he was gone, which made no sense, because when I got up to use the restroom, his status was available. It was very strange, but I proceeded to use the restroom. Once I finished and stepped out, the lights flipped on, and on top of that... Once they turned on, the tech jumped up and said in a joking way, What are you sneaking up on me for? You almost gave me a heart attack. I asked him where he was at when I walked by the first time, which was about two minutes ago, and he looked at me confused and said, I've been parked in this chair for the last three hours. I was so confused and just said, Oh, I must not have seen you, and proceeded back to my desk. As I passed the showroom, the center lights flipped on, and once I got back to my desk, my coworker said something that really freaked me out. She said, Hey, did you finally get that squeaky chair fixed? I didn't hear you get up this time. I sat down, and it squeaked pretty loud, and she was like, Hmm, well, that's odd. And, sadly, this isn't the end of this experience. I went to take myself off a break, and the timer had only been going for 2 seconds. I looked at the clock, 11.15 on the dot. I still can't wrap my brain around what happened or where I went when I got up to use the restroom or why time basically froze for the 4 minutes I was gone, but I can 100% say with confidence that I experienced a glitch in the matrix. I heard about this subreddit through a podcast and thought it was the right place to share my story and hopefully get some good insight and opinions from people who have experienced or know of something similar. In 2012, when I was 16 years old, me and my six or so friends went to Thorpe Park. It's a theme park here in the UK. The new ride, The Swarm, had just opened, so... Of course, we were going to go straight there. We queued for about 45 minutes before being sent to the stands. I have no idea what these are called, the things you stand between waiting for the next carriage to arrive, on the second row of about 12 rows. The carriage ahead had just been loaded and a very large black dude, probably at least six seven, was placed in his seat. As the ride was about to go, an attendant came over and told this guy that he was too big to ride and had to go wait outside for his party to finish the ride. Now, this guy, like I said, was absolutely huge. Big afro and basically incredibly memorable. Anyway, after we'd been on the ride, I again remember seeing him outside with his friends. They were loudly taking the piss out of him for not being allowed on, basically. Fast forward about 14 months, and we went to Thorpe Park again. I believe it was more or less the same group of friends I went with before, maybe give or take one or two people. Again, we of course went on the swarm. We waited around 45 minutes again, and then we were sent to the same stands again second from the front, with my same three friends who came on my row last time. As the ride was about to leave, an attendant came over and told a certain gentleman that he was too big to ride. As I looked over, it was the exact same person as before. I know for an absolute fact that this six-foot-seven humongous man was the same person. I remembered him distinctly. Everything was the same the way he climbed out of the chair walked off and went outside the only thing I don't remember is whether or not it was the same attendant as I was honestly so flabbergasted of what I was seeing I turned to my friends and said what the hell that's the same guy from the last time in the exact same situation as last time nobody paid much attention to me but sort of acknowledged it maybe nobody remembered the time before like I did I kept going on about it for a good few minutes but nobody seemed to listen or care by the time we got off the ride this time he wasn't waiting with his friends one of the things that I always found odd about this is the fact that I never remembered seeing this guy in line both of the times I went 45 minute waits each time and I never once noticed this guy standing where he would have been like 30 people ahead of me. And trust me, huge, afro, 6'7", he would have been easily noticed. Since then, I've mentioned it maybe twice to my friends who were there, and they all look at me like I was crazy or I vaguely remember something. Probably just wanting me to stop talking. I understand this may not be an exciting story for some. I'm just hoping somebody out there could have experienced something similar. My own assessment is it really was just the biggest coincidence, and it just so happened myself and this guy ended up going to the theme park on the same days. On the same ride. At the exact same time in the exact situation as 14 months previously. But that is nearly impossible, right? This happened roughly 10 years ago. I had graduated high school and was about to begin my first semester in college but I had a few weeks to kill before then. So, I was home alone around 10.45am. Because I had graduated high school, I felt a kind of accomplishment to turn off my alarm clock. It felt great to have a few weeks of freedom of waking up whenever the hell that I wanted. My parents were early risers. My dad, being from former military, Woke up around 4.45am every morning, followed shortly by my mom, whose alarm clock went off around 5am. I'm not sure what time my neighbors woke up, but I'm pretty sure they wake up around 6am as well. I was never fully awake enough to pay attention to alarm clocks of my neighbors. Well, as 11am rolls around, I decide it's time to prep something to eat maybe boot up the computer to play some video games. I lived in a single-story, three-bedroom house, so it's not very big, and I can hear everything from the living room or kitchen. By 11.15am, I can hear the distinct sound of my alarm clock. I easily recognize it because it always sends a shiver up my spine. I have to convince myself that I am in fact not dreaming, and that I did graduate high school. I race to my bedroom and inspect the clock. The alarm switch is set to off. However, it is continuously blaring at me. I hit the snooze button and check the time the alarm is set for, and it's 6am. Once the alarm is silenced, I notice other noise emitting from all around the house. On senior night from high school, We received these commemorative cheap clocks, which had our high school and graduating class year etched into it. It took me a few seconds to realize that its alarm was going off. I had never heard it before, and I had no idea it even had an alarm function. I basically had to pull out the battery, because I didn't know how to shut it off. I was very confused as I walked out of my bedroom. Further down the hall was my parents' room, and I could hear the distinct wailing of their alarm going off as well. I entered the room and shut off that alarm clock too. After silencing all the alarm clocks in the house, I can hear the distinct wailing of alarm clocks coming from the neighbors as well. I was absolutely frozen in place, trying to figure out what was going on. Why were all the alarm clocks set to go off at the same time in the middle of the day? A few minutes go by, and everything returns to silence. The neighborhood goes quiet again, as I know I'm the only one home out of most of the neighbors. I walk out to the street, straining my ears, trying to hear any sound whatsoever, as I could usually hear the sound of a stray car driving by, or the sound of a siren or honking. Nothing. For a good three minutes, it really feels like I am the only person left on Earth before the sounds of traffic begin to build up and a distant wail of an ambulance goes by, and I'm able to catch my breath again. For the rest of the day, I just sit on the living room sofa staring at the blank TV screen, trying to figure out if it had just been my imagination A hallucination, dream, or something else. To this day, I have never experienced anything like that again. As for the alarm clocks, I quickly disposed of my own before going to college, and I'm not sure about my parents' one, but I don't live there. But after a few years had gone by, my mom did mention that the alarm clock was broken and they had to get a new one. We sometimes just talk about random stuff. In 2014, I was standing outside on my front porch. Next to my house was a a big green belt slash water retention area. I lived at the end of the street where the street begins to curve to go on to the next street, if that makes sense. So, I had a neighbor to the right of me after the street curved so the neighbor's house was facing east and my house was facing south. And the green belt was in between the both of our houses. That sounds confusing, I know. Anyway, the entire sky was gray, like it was rainy weather. There was no blue anywhere in the sky, so basically it was just a giant sheet of gray clouds. I noticed that it had started to sprinkle this really weird type of drizzle on the neighbor's house, but not my house and none of the other neighbors' houses. I knew this because I could see the line of demarcation from where the rain stopped on the sidewalk. This neighbor had another neighbor directly to its right. That neighbor's house was not getting rained on either. I thought it was really odd, but I decided to go in for a second and open the garage to take the trash cans out to the road. So... After I wheeled the trash cans out to the road, I stopped there to look around to see if it was still raining on the neighbor's house. It was not, so I walked out to the green belt because I could hear a rumbling noise. It was like the sound of a dishwasher running but up in the sky. It was a very low rumble, and I couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from other than up. And the noise was spread out so that it wasn't centralized on any one area in the sky. It was just rumbling in the clouds. The noise that it was making was like this... Vrrr, It's hard to describe a noise through text, but if you can just say that noise out loud, then you might be able to get the idea. Hopefully me saying it out loud did get that idea across as to what it sounded like. Anyway... So, I'm standing there looking up at the sky, and the grey blanket of clouds starts parting, and as it's parting, the rumble is getting louder, as if the rumble was coming from up inside these clouds. When I say the clouds were parting, I mean perfectly. Hold your arms straight out in front of you, put them together, and then slowly start to move them apart from each other. The blanket of clouds was parting, with a perfect line formed straight down the middle of the clouds. And it was opening up, revealing perfectly clear blue sky up inside the clouds. And the rumbling was getting louder the further the part opened. I ran inside to get my phone, to take a picture or a video, and my phone died. I had an old cell phone that I tried to use, and I couldn't get it to turn on. I even tried to use my ex-boyfriend's professional camera that he had at my house, but I couldn't figure out how to work it, so I was unable to get any visual proof of what I'm talking about. So I ran back outside to see what was happening, and it began to close. The perfect straight line down the middle of the clouds that had opened up and parted perfectly was now closing, and the rumbling sound was getting lighter. It had finally closed back together, and the rumbling had stopped. I'm looking around my neighborhood to see if anyone else was standing outside, and there was no one. Absolutely nobody. I was the only person that saw this happen, and it was directly over the top of the green belt, in between my house and the neighbor's house. The weird part is... It sounded like the noise was dispersing and reverberating off of a dome structure above the clouds. I don't believe that we are living in a dome. That's just what it sounded like. I want to preface this by saying that the past few weeks... I've been experiencing more glitch in the matrix activity than I have ever had in my entire life. Things are aligning perfectly for me. If there are any inconveniences, they get. convenienced? Let's get to the story. I have a tight bond with my grandparents. They're very dear to my heart, so I visit them every Sunday in my small rural hometown. Last Sunday, the 15th, was no exception. Their birthdays were coming up, so we threw a family gathering to celebrate in advance. My grandma's birthday was yesterday, on the 16th, and my grandpa's is today, on the 17th. I've always found it sweet that their birthdays are so close together. Sunday rolled around and we enjoyed the weather, visited the neighbors' freshly born chicks, Devoured Granny's famous fruitcake and shared updates on our lives. I specifically remember telling my grandma that I would congratulate her on her actual birthday, as I'm superstitious and think it brings bad luck otherwise. I gave them their gifts, though, and drove home in the evening after a beautiful day well spent. Then, today, at the office, it hit me. It was already Tuesday. I'd forgotten to call my grandma. Oblivious as to how I could have been this stupid, I was antsy all morning, nervously rocking back and forth in my chair, ranking up all the excuses in my head as to why I hadn't been able to call her on time. When my lunch break finally rolled around, I gathered up all my confidence and decided I could salvage the situation by blaming the long work day yesterday on Technically forgetting her birthday. I speed dialed their number, wished my grandpa a happy birthday, on time, and then took a deep breath and asked if I could speak to grandma really quick. I immediately started blabbering about the overtime that I'd had to do, how tired I'd been, and how sorry I was that I had forgotten to call her, when she suddenly interrupted me giggling telling me that I had already called her and wished her a happy birthday yesterday, ending the phone call promising I would call Grandpa the next day. I did? I quickly brushed it off by adding on to my previous excuse of being tired. She jokingly told me that I was starting to get as forgetful as her, wished me a good day, and then hung up. Immediately, my fingers raced to yesterday's call log, but there were no outgoing calls to her. The last time I'd called them was on Sunday, when I let them know which time I was going to be at the function. I was flabbergasted, to say the least. I still am. Even in a sleepy haze, I would have remembered if I had called her. I have absolutely no clue what's going on, but whatever is happening in my reality, I'm sure as hell not mad about it. Thank you. Glitch in the Matrix for not upsetting my grandma. Hello all. This is probably not as shocking as some of the other glitch stories on this channel, but it still blows my mind after over 8 years. When I had just moved to Hamburg, Germany in 2013... I did what most 20-somethings do. I partied. A lot. So yeah, to prefix this, I was drunk at the time of the event. Very much so. But let me tell you that being totally wasted could not have caused this weird and random glitch. Since it's kind of hard to describe, and includes rather saucy circumstances, I hesitated a long time to write this down. I'll try my best to be precise. So, I was out and about one night, meeting a guy that I immediately hit it off with, and in the early morning hours, we decided to go to the beach and have some fun. It was about 7 or 8am on Sunday morning, and we pretty much had the beach to ourselves. We got down to business rather quickly, so... I pulled my spandex and thong down to my high-heel ankle boots. Mind you, these ankle boots were tied with shoelaces, and I never took them off during the entire endeavor. Once we finished, I tried to get dressed again. Shouldn't have been a problem, right? We never changed positions from me over him or him behind me, so I basically just had to pull up my thong and pants easy as pie. Only, it wasn't. This was when the glitch presented itself. My leggings and the boots were still as they were before. I was wearing both shoes, safely tied up, and my spandex were around both legs as usual. The thong was what dumbfounded me. I had only one leg still in it, the other part completely hanging loose between my legs... This could only have happened if I unlaced and took off my right shoe with the respective pant leg, pulled my right leg out of the thong, and then put pant leg and shoe back on, tied it, and kept going. Which is quite an operation to follow through while busy with, well, you know. To get dressed again, I actually had to take off my shoes and pants in order to get my leg into my panties again. To this day... I have no rational explanation as to how this could have happened. I am a little scatterbrained, and I was intoxicated with alcohol, but still, that could not have happened by accident or incidentally without me noticing. My underwear wasn't ripped or altered in any way, and I definitely put it on correctly before. At that time, I had never really heard of glitches in the Matrix and just brushed it off as odd. But... Over the years, I have paid more and more attention to the weirdness of reality. And I think what happened that morning can only be a weird jam-up in our simulation. I've had a few experiences where I am convinced that I'm glitched, but... This recent one freaked me out. Let's start with, I don't do drugs, no weed, nothing, I don't even drink. I have to let you know this because this story makes me feel like I should have been. I've lived in my neighborhood for 43 years. I take the same route to and from every day. As a child, my mother walked us to school on this route. So, needless to say... I know every street in my neighborhood. About three months ago, I had to go to work, so I went to the Little Caesars and got my pizzas and my daughter and I headed home. This is where it got inexplainable. I'm heading down, I make it about two streets, and suddenly there are two buildings on these streets that I have never seen in my life. Then, the one building-like factory... I see these men in weird hats and suspenders unloading an old truck, but the truck looked very new. Basically, a truck from the 20s. I keep driving, and then I noticed another factory, and these other men in the same types of clothing are unloading milk bottles. I look at my daughter and I said, What the hell? I pull over and I get on my GPS. My GPS tells me I'm on the exact street that I'm supposed to be on. So, I put the GPS in the holster, and I make it a point to look at the streets. The street said Central, so I knew where I was exactly. I get to the main roads of Warren Avenue and Central, and I tell her we're going to turn around and head back the way we came. Well, I make the left on Warren, and I turn around under the bridge... And as soon as I do that, everything is normal. My street is there, the factories are gone, it's just normal. During these strange happenings, I felt a weird uneasiness in the air. I was literally terrified, like when someone is watching you. My GPS had a lot of static and my maps even looked weird. I don't know. Like I said, I've had other events, but this one definitely lasted the longest. I often drive that route on purpose now to make sense of what happened to us, but have yet to get an explanation. The funny thing is, I live in Detroit, so back in the day there were indeed a lot of factories in the city. I found pages about glitches and stuff like that, and had I not had this one last as long as it did... I would think someone like me was crazy, or had some kind of narcotics, or was drunk. I don't know. Maybe I will be so lucky again to experience this, because next time, I'm stopping and asking what year or place I'm in, and I'm getting a flyer or something as proof that there's a glitch in this place that we call life. This happened a few years ago, but it's always stuck with me. I was traveling home on the bus one afternoon. It was a single deck bus and I was sitting at the back by the window. We were driving past the local leisure center pretty slowly as there was a queue of traffic. The lights up ahead turned red so we stopped briefly. And While we were stopped, I was looking out the window. The leisure center car park was pretty full, but on the rows of spaces closest to the road, there was just one car. I figured it was on its own as it had clearly been stolen and burnt out. It was wrecked and looked like it had just happened recently, maybe the night before. Lots of ash, springs from the seats, melted plastic... It was completely black with burnt interior bits that were brown and grey. I could see some of what was left of red paint from the body, though it was all scorched and had also turned brown. The ground where it was parked was also burnt, black and scorched with little piles of ash, with brown springs and bits of melted plastic. I looked down at my phone to see if there was anything in the local news or on Twitter about it, and the bus started back up as the lights changed, so I looked up from my phone for another look at the car before we turned off the road. When I looked at the car park, there was no burnt car. There was a car where the burnt car had been, but it was most definitely not burnt out. It was red, and in a perfect non-burnt state. I looked all around the car park. It was still full, but with that gap at the back, and just one perfectly intact car. No burning, no ash, no springs, nothing. There are no other car parks nearby. There are some grassy areas and flats and houses on the opposite side of the road but no parked cars visible from the road. Further down the road from the car park is just lots of grass and trees surrounding the leisure center, and on up the road beyond where my bus was going is a few factories and an industrial estate, so I couldn't have seen a reflection on the window or anything. I've tried to rationalize it, but I'm stumped. A couple of days ago, I was leaving my apartment to go to dinner with my parents. I stepped out the front door and locked the door behind me, but caught a glimpse of something in the corner of my eye. I turned my head to face the apartment complex across from my building, and there are two children. A girl, maybe six, and a boy, maybe four. They're standing completely still on the stairs and staring at me. No parents in sight. It immediately freaked me out, but I waved because I figured they were just nosy kids who liked to stare. But they didn't wave back or move at all. I turned my head to walk away and head to the stairs in my building, and I catch a glimpse of another person. A woman on her third floor porch, standing and facing me. Staring and unmoving just like the children. It skewed me out really bad, so... I moved fast to the stairs to get to my car, and when I get down the stairs to the sidewalk of the parking lot, there's a red car pulling out of its space to drive off. As soon as I look at the driver, he stops in his track, right in the middle of the road thingy, and just stares at me. Then, after a pause of me standing there in fear... He backed up back into his spot and sat there and watched me as I walked to my car. I'm thoroughly frightened at this point, and I jump in my car and lock it immediately. I crank it and take a deep breath. I look up from the wheel and across the sidewalk and grass in front of me, there's a woman pushing her toddler on her cart. Except they're not moving, and they're both staring at me through my windshield. I start to panic a little, and I text my roommates to tell them what's happening and that I'm scared, and when I look back up from my phone, everyone and everything is moving again like it's normal. The lady with the toddler shyly waves at me because I'm staring at her in fear. The guy in the red car pulls back out of the spot and drives away. Everything just paused, and focused on me for less than five minutes. And it was horrifying. And I don't know how to explain it. I was getting worried that I had something weird on me, or that I was falsely accused of something. It was really freaky, and I hope to not experience it again. I was packing my things to head to my college city for my residency, and due to the overwhelming hot weather that came out of nowhere, I had to unpack my summer clothes to take with me. I chose my best shirts, and as I was refolding them, I would try to think about outfit options, trying to measure for how many days these outfits will last me, when my mind drifted off topic as it usually does. That's when my mind went back to the current topics. The war overseas, climate change, my country's economy, and about my future. I wondered what has become of us as humanity when I started mechanically folding my shirts and I picked up my blue shirt. My blue shirt has letter prints on it that I usually wasn't able to make out or try too hard to read because I bought it from a Chinese thrift store and I knew it wouldn't make any sense since many times the shirts have grammatical errors or the sentences are gibberish. I pick up my shirt to take a better look at it and see if the sleeve length is good for the weather when I saw the shirt's letter print and weirdly could make it out. It wrote, What We Think We Became And I froze. I found it very odd. Like it was a sign or something. I just found it very odd and I wanted to share. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories. On the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As The Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.